I'm Lauren. And I'm John. And we host the Beard Out Podcast. The podcast where we talk about two of the greatest things in the world, beer and Weird Al. And a bunch of other stuff. That's right. Do you like nostalgia? Do you like sibling banter? Do you like beer? Do you like Weird Al? Are you human? If you answered yes to any of those questions, give us a listen. Become one of our loyal commenters. So I've been asked to do some promo for these two lads, Ryan and Paul, for their podcast, Cold Callers Comedy. Quite honestly, I've never listened to it because it sounds like sh**. But what I can tell you is that my show, Artie's Artist Acts, is one of the segments, and that is an absolute peaky blinder you can't miss out on. Whoa, what the hell, Tom? You meant to promote our show, not slag it off. I couldn't care less, mate. Well, you should. You're on the podcast. Yeah, how about a little gratitude? Brain... Show them how grateful we are. Your precious podcast. Gratefully accepted. Um, we're not giving it to you. Admirable. What a mistake. <laughs> so yeah, listen to my show, Cold Callers Comedy, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and all the other podcast platforms. The podcast rises. Come here. <laughs> For Nerds by Nerds Production. Hey everybody, welcome back to a very special holiday episode of the Four Nerds by Nerds Podcast. I am Josh, Ben is not with me today, but we do have a very special guest from the Infectious Groove Podcast. Russ Robinson is joining me. We're going to discuss some Christmas music. Russ, how we doing? No, not too bad. Uh, you know, this is the time of year where people are either overjoyed to keep hearing Christmas music or they had enough of it about four weeks ago before it even started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, you know, I worked retail for uh, almost 20 years. So I used to very much be in the camp of like, if I hear that song never again, I'm going to kill someone. And like yeah. by that song, I mean pretty much any, anything talking about cheer or jingles, you know? Uh, and now having been out of retail for geez, the better part of a decade now, uh, now I'm just back to normal where like when I, you know, if, if I want to hear the songs great and if I don't, then that's cool. Or if I'm walking through target and they're on, that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I think you're, uh, di- your love or or dislike of Christmas music comes down to whether or not you work in retail. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I'm, I'm in the exact same boat. I worked in retail for 14 years, and mm-hmm. when I did that, I was like, in, when I was in my car, I'm like, nope, no Christmas music, <laughs> only only mm-hmm, regular yeah. music. And then when uh, yep. now that I've been out for like six years, I'm like, oh, I have to like remind myself, oh, you better listen to some Christmas music. The season's almost over with. Like, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. And when you talked to me about doing this episode, that's I was like, damn, we're like we're gonna get through pretty. Soon. I think this is the most Christmas music I've heard this season. Is like uh, doing the research for this, just listening to a lot of these songs again, All because right. you know because of the pandemic, we're not out in public. Well, yeah. We are, you know. So I don't, you know, I certainly don't have the retail problem. So, yeah, I think today is the most I've listened to Christmas music just, just for this. And Oh, for sure. For me, definitely. The last few years I like forget. Cause most of the time when I'm in my car, I'm listening to podcasts. So then it'd mm-hmm. be like the week yep. of Christmas and I'll be like, Oh shit. I don't think I've heard a single Christmas song this year. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, podcasts or uh, some some sort of satellite radio. So yeah. you always have some sort of choice that you're not even thinking of. Because there's one, I don't know if it's like this in every market, but there's one radio station here in Detroit that's famous for the week of Thanksgiving, like the Sunday morning of Thanksgiving. Every year they go to, at midnight, they go to 24 hours of Christmas music. Uh, yeah, we have, we have one here too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that's an every market thing, but uh, pretty much there's like, you know, a lot of people post on Facebook. They're like, uh, oh, the holidays really here because WNIC went to all, you know, 20. And I'm like, well, I never turn on WNIC, so I don't have that problem. Yeah. Up here, it used to be one station. And then uh, they realized like, oh, that station's too popular to not be playing regular music. And then they switched it to this lesser station. And now it's, it's been on there ever since. Right on. All right. Well, before we dive into this, why don't you... Why don't you tell everyone about your podcast? Yeah, so we are uh, based out of Detroit, and I'm a huge music guy. And uh, mostly, I, I'm i pretty sure that's because, one, my parents were way into music, and two, uh, we don't have any sports to root for necessarily here in Detroit. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, the Tigers were... Uh, won the 84 series and didn't do anything for like another 25 years. And then they had a couple of almosts and the lions are the lions. Um, and the red wings were wonderful when there was no salary cap, you know, but anybody would be wonderful when there's no salary cap, you know? Um, so with no sports to care about and the music history being so rich in Detroit, I've just been, you know, waist deep in music my whole life. And uh, for at least at least the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years, every person I know has been like, oh my dude, the way you talk about music, you got to start a music podcast. And uh, it only took me like eight or 10 years to get around to starting it. And, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it was just, just a couple of turns. I am a large, a uh, big GNR fan. So it took after Axl Rose, you know, I just take my sweet time doing anything, you know? And um, so, but anyways, it's been, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is absolutely what this <laughs> podcast is. Um, but we started last January. We're actually coming up here in like, I don't know, three or four more episodes. We're going to come up on being around for one year. And just through the miracle of social media, we've had so many people come on the show that never in a million years did I even think I would be talking to. Like, I mean, I'm a huge Black Crows fan. And I read their drummer's tell-all book jokingly tweeted at him you know like, oh hey why don't you come on my show and talk about it and he was like okay yeah. you know like what you know like i've seen 25 30 black crows concerts steve gorman drumming at every one of them and then now all of a sudden i'm talking to the guy for my podcast you know and uh just all, all sorts of different like oh we have an episode coming out uh, you and i are recording this on a sunday the episode that comes out from us tomorrow we have the lead singer from journey uh arnell pineda and oh, again wow. the things like the things like uh, the technology, it's like I did the interview Saturday night and I'm sitting in, you know, my studio here in Detroit on at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, talking to a guy at 10 in the morning in Manila in his yeah. studio, you know, and just, it's just amazing to me, those type of things. So we, we have a lot of fun and we've had obviously the, the episodes with the more famous people are the ones that get boosted <laughs> more, yeah. you know, but we, yeah, but we get um, we get a lot of people saying that we, we they think we're doing a lot of things right, which is good. And uh, I look at us as just babies in this whole podcast thing. Like I know people have been doing their shows for, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years. But the online community of creators has been so cool 
to us and like so welcoming and everything. And I've picked up so many um, tips and tricks and things off of other people that what we're doing is really just uh, um, listening to other people. I think if anybody's going to start a podcast, the first thing you need to do is not listen to any um, major podcasts, you know, like the uh, corporate ones or celebrity endorsed ones, like listen to some other indie podcasts and you will get a whole new appreciation for how you can do your thing. Yeah. And that's what we do. Like there's no, there's no rules for how we can do what we want to do. So the only thing we kind of have as an unwritten rule is we do try and keep things fairly positive. Like there's a million websites out there that are like uh, the, the 50 most overrated songs of all time or the, you know, 10 most un- overrated albums. And it's like, why, why, do, why not talk about the most underrated songs? Yeah. Most yeah. Albums. So we try and do that quite a bit, but um, we also don't hold back. We don't, we don't just sit around and go, Oh, every song's the greatest song ever. You know, like we, we have good discussions, but we try and keep it more constructive than just, you know, dunking on people just to, to dunk on them, you know, like if an artist has a bad album, we're not here to celebrate it for an hour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but yeah. And, and, we and then, uh, one more thing, sorry to keep going on, but one more thing, we just launched our YouTube channel and that's been really important to us because um, from what I've seen, a lot of the podcasts, the YouTube channel, inc- including a lot of higher end podcasts is like just a camera of them recording the show yeah. In the environment that we record in, we have so many different records and music collectibles and stuff that I thought it would be neat to put up videos that are um, like an additional content to the show. So it's we put up a bunch of videos of like rare album pressings and uh, collectible stuff and whatever else, just, you know, like six, seven, eight minute videos of just like, hey, here's a special pressing. Like we've talked about this on the show and, you know, for somebody who can't afford you know, because the records skyrocket in price. I have records that I bought for like ten dollars that are worth like three and four hundred now. You yeah. know, like they've just skyrocketed. So, um, so if you go to YouTube and just look for Infectious Group Podcast and uh, subscribe to that channel, that's a good place to start with us too. Hell yeah, yeah. Speaking on your uh, negative thing, <laughs> we get a lot of comments on like our Facebook because mm-hmm. uh, our Facebook is full of people that don't listen to our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're just there for like the memes and stuff so they won't get like running jokes if we make fun of like toby mcguire oh okay <laughs> then they'll be like well, toby mcguire is the best why would you say that and i'm like you you don't understand what we're talking about <laughs> like, but yeah so we're what coming together to have a meeting of the minds about uh this wonderful thing called christmas music christmas music yeah either either you love it you hate it we got a list here from billboard.com it's supposed to be the 10 10- Best Christmas songs of all time. I'd say it's an old list because this is from 2017, but mm-hmm. there haven't really been any bangers coming out in the last couple of years that uh, are going <laughs> to knock any of these off the list. So, yeah, we'll I think about- as far as original Christmas songs go, I think Mariah Carey probably released the last one for a while. You know what I mean? Because like everybody does a Christmas song every year, but almost nobody writes like original yeah. Christmas music that becomes hits anymore yeah that becomes it yeah yeah you'll get you'll get these like floundering ones that they try to push a little and it's like yeah Yeah. this is is not uh this is not an instant classic right so you want to do you want to run through the list and then judge it or we just yeah 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 yeah. that's that's fine with me yeah and it's interesting that you mentioned the date because i think that i have an opinion on on how the the countdown starts off so um but you want me to just start in with number 10 absolutely go ahead 
so they, they have ranked at number 10 they have last christmas by wham which like uh i say with zero irony or or uh, any sort of uh hipster-esque like i i love wham i love uh george michael in particular like i think the album the whole album i think it's just a freaking masterpiece yeah and so I don't have anything against this song, but I think it's a little suspect that it shows up on their list uh, from 2017, which is very soon after George Michael passed away. Yeah. So yeah, that is to true. me, this this seems like a, a token inclusion, you know, like, oh, he just died. So we're going to put it, you know, at number 10. But I did, I looked up a couple other lists and I, I found one list where it came in at number two and that was well oh, really? before George Michael had passed. So yeah. yeah. So, but this is definitely think last Christmas for me. Yeah, it's one of those ones you hear everywhere. Yeah, you know, like it's you you hear it in the mix as much as you do, you know, "I'll Be Home for Christmas" or, you know, yeah. what I mean, like you hear it all over. Um, but I don't have a problem with it being on the list, and especially in at number ten, um, I sure wouldn't put it at number two. But, but I don't yeah. have a problem. With it yeah. I mean, it it is odd how much of like Christmas music used to be a much bigger thing because the mm-hmm. majority of this list is from you know 50s 60s where everybody was just banging out christmas songs left and right mm-hmm. and then there's a huge jump to the 80s and then a jump to the 90s and then like nothing right yep but yeah no i have no problem with that song being on the list i mean it's when you look at the amount of annoying christmas songs that there are <laughs> oh for sure i i'm sure we'll get into this later but the one the one off the top of my head that if I never hear this song ever again, as long as I live, it'll be too soon is, um, and I don't even know the, the, the legal name of it, but uh, Paul McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time is probably yeah, what it's Yeah, everybody called. like hates that song now. <laughs> the second that that song starts, like even when, it, like I told you, even when I was in retail, the second that song starts, I would like run to change it. I just hate that song, hate it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a big Beatles guy, I love Paul. But damn it, that song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it isn't. It's it is somewhat catchy, but it just is like it can also drive you crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It came out a very weird time in music. Oh, for sure. Yep. Paul was getting away with everything uh, in the <laughs> late seventies and early eighties, <laughs> man. So, moving on here, we got "White Christmas" by Bing Crosby, which is definitely definitely I mean, an all time classic. It is, um, I guess, for me, it comes down to the whole, like, if you can separate the art from the artist type yeah. thing. Like, for, for me personally, if I'm going to put White Christmas, the song on the list, I'm going to choose a different artist uh, than than Bing Crosby, just because of what's come to light, you know, over uh, uh, how he handled his personal life. But, um, I mean, the song is fantastic you know you yeah. really can't I, I have i i'm surprised that this isn't higher than nine actually on the list yeah, it is weird like it seems like it just eked in the door and it's it seems to me like a that's like a top five christmas song to me well it's extremely confusing too because there's about four different songs that are named white christmas that are all completely different <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah it is always hard when you have an artist like that where it's like I like his music, but he is a real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, and that's a a whole like I've had a lot of friends that I've like ruined artists for, you know, because they'll, uh, you know, uh, oh, I read this about this guy, and I'll be like, yeah, that's true, and they're like, oh, I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> well, I wish yeah. you hadn't, you know, brought it up. 
personally. So yeah, well, I was like, I, but, I, was then, a, I was a big Lost Profits fan. You know the story oh, yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm like, I can't even listen to it. I just can't. Like, it was so horrible that I'm like, I can't even enjoy your music at all. Uh, yeah, I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all I can do is agree on that. And actually, one that I have up in another browser here, the one being Crosby one that um, there's, I've never heard anyone do that. I'm surprised is not on this list. I've never heard anyone else do it in that fashion. Is the David Bowie. Bing Crosby uh, version of uh, Little Drummer Boy. Too yeah. much, I, I I've never heard anyone else do that arrangement. You know, with the uh, that they specifically wrote for David Bowie, the Peace on Earth part. Um, yeah. But I, I I would take someone else's version of that, so I don't have to listen <laughs> to Bing Crosby. But I'm I'm also surprised that's not on this list. Yeah, I'm shocked it's not on this list either because it doesn't. I'm wondering if that's like because that's more like religious based. Because all of these songs seem to be strictly just Christmas, like commercialized Christmas. Yeah, very much. Yeah, it could be. There's no Oh Holy Night and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you're yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah, there's nothing on here that's like uh, traditional religious Christmas music. That's for sure. Yeah, so that very well could could absolutely have been that. The next one on the list is, it says Christmas Eve by Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but I'm pretty sure this is Carol of the Bells from the clip that they included. They can include Spotify links on all of these. Yeah, it's a a medley. So it's like, they call that that song, but it's two different songs included in one. Uh, Is that the deal? I don't don't know. Yeah, I hope they didn't get songwriting credits for it. I'm assuming it's like, um, uh, they at least get credits for the arrangement. But I don't, this is one that I just come and go with. Like, I don't really care all that. Like, I like, I love rock music and I can tolerate Christmas music. I just don't really need to hear rock Christmas music. You know, so it's, this is one of those things that every single year when Trans-Siberian Orchestra tours, I inevitably have friends that are like, oh, you want to get TSO tickets with us? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And then like all the way up till the show, people keep thinking that I really want to go. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. (laughs) You know, I don't want to go sit through rock Christmas. So. Me personally, uh, I, I'm going to say I think this is one that does not belong in the top 10, at least for me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love the song and I like Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but I wouldn't say. Like, it's it's just not something you think of when it, you think Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And for that yeah. reason alone, it, it can't be top 10. For, for me personally, the only reason I think of Christmas with it is because if I'm ever in a long line at uh, retail, you know, like wrapped halfway around the store, for whatever reason, that seems to be the song that's always playing overhead when it happens. You know, it's like that. <laughs> like, like they're trying to make me uh, violent. But uh, yeah, I just, it does not seem like a top 10 one to me. I feel like maybe what you said about how there's like such gaps in the generations that they just felt like they had to throw another something in from the nineties to make yeah, the yeah. list seem more yeah. contemporary. Well, another Not, thing, another uh, reason why I, I don't think it would be considered a classic is if you played that song and asked people who, who, who wrote it, who plays it, I don't think most people would be able to tell you. 
Well, they wouldn't be able to tell you. And then when you go, uh, you know, that thing your aunt wanted you to go to at the arena last year, this Christmas, who does it? Oh yeah. I know who does that. You know, like they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to name it, but they know that their aunt really wanted them to go. So, and then as now, oh. when you start to move up the list, almost everything on this for me is like, except for one is just the sound of Christmas to me like almost every song from seven yeah. up on their list is just when I think of Christmas, I think of these songs, except there's one coming up that, that I don't think of that way, but the next one on the list for sure. Uh, the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Yeah. Which is, I mean, every, uh, in every single Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you either, you either set up, the uh happiness that's about to be destroyed in a christmas movie with it's the most wonderful time of the year like when things are still okay before the uh the problem in the plot comes along uh it either gets played there or it gets played uh at the very end when everybody's hugging and they're panning out from the window (laughs) you know like it's like that's the place where that song goes but that to me as soon as you uh hit play on that song that sounds like christmas and uh i seven's fair I think, especially with the the songs that are above it on the list, I think seven's fair for this to be ranked as low as it is. Yeah, it's definitely not surprising at all. It's not surprising when you see it on the top ten. You you go, yeah, that belongs there. Yeah. Next up, we got a ho- uh, "Holly Jolly Christmas" by Burl Ives. Definitely, that's a classic. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that sounds like Christmas to me. Like you could we could be standing outside in the middle of June on a 90 degree day in shorts. And you put that on and I would be like, is it December? Like, yeah. and no one told me, you know, like it, it's just, that sounds like Christmas. I don't, I don't have any problems with it being on the list and I don't have any ranked. Well, actually, no, just kidding. The next song I don't like. So maybe I wish this was a one up <laughs> from, from here. Feliz Navidad. Yeah. And I don't say I don't like it. I just don't, it's just there. You know, it's I, I don't I don't hate it and I don't love it. It's just there. It is, yeah, it is just there. I do love watching people try to struggle their way through it, acting like they know the words when they have no idea what's being said. <laughs> That's always it's fun. Like, uh, it's like watching white people rap along uh, yeah. to music and then they like uh, dip out on the words that they're not supposed to say. <laughs> and uh, and with uh, Feliz Navidad, everybody mumbles through it. And then they, Feliz Navidad, like they all get together on the one part that they know. Yeah, my mom's famous it, for that. You can catch the she same thing like with She knows every song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> La Bamba's the exact same way. People know uh, exactly two words in La Bamba, and then they just mumble the rest and act like they know. That's very true. Yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't say, that's more like a, a specialty Christmas song. Yeah. You know yeah, I, mean? I do that. Just like like it's gimmicky, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Some white people making a Hispanic Christmas movie would definitely put that in the trailer. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. They probably uh, license it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is Hispanic. We're going to really yeah. tell you that by playing this song they love several this times. Music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Incredible. Yeah, that's another I can't one. That, believe that's that, not number one, really. Uh, yeah, the the opening riff to that, it, again, I said this about Andy Williams, but like that to me is what Christmas sounds like. Let me put it this way. If I was sitting outside a mall getting ready for battle, we're talking the non-pandemic world, at a mall and you're ready to go in to like battle the crowds and stand in lines and everything, like 
that's the i would play the riff of the beginning riff on this song to like get me in the mood to be jolly <laughs> you know yeah. it's just like that opening riff it definitely belongs top 10 because you hear the first four notes of that song and everybody knows what it is like there's not anybody yeah, that's gonna be like what's this song <laughs> and then when i was a kid uh ge smith used to be the band leader on saturday night live in the middle 80s or so and every when their christmas episodes they'd always go to break and he'd just play exactly that riff and they'd go into it you know yeah so that was that was cool but yeah as soon as it's like you said people could hear two notes of that they know exactly what it's going to be and that's that it is i think that those are like qualities that make these things because when you're looking at like a top 10 list you want instant classics you want things that you don't have to think about and a lot of these like you might have to think about who sings it but you do not have to think about the song everybody knows those songs yeah for sure totally agree and that's why when we get to number one it doesn't really belong at number one because i just lost what i was thinking (laughs) um well when we get there i got a whole bunch of reasons why i don't think it should be (laughs) number one (laughs) but like everybody most of these songs on this top 10, everybody likes, you know what I mean? Mm. Nobody, nobody yeah. is like, no, nobody's like, you know what Christmas song? I can't fucking stand jingle bell rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, really no one does. says that they, uh, everybody says it about, uh, various different ones over the years, but n- no one says that about jingle bell rock ever. What do we got next? Uh, the next one on here is Nat King Cole, the Christmas song. Now, so for me, this is the song that's associated most with, um, like good Christmas memories, like forget the retail side, you know, fighting people for whatever the item is or being stuck in traffic or working retail and hating, you know, people yelling at you two days before Christmas because they didn't buy the thing they were supposed to buy months ago, like every good memory I have of sitting around with like friends or family or whatever else is also associated with Nat King Cole singing this song. So for me, like yeah. this, this to me, it should hand be number one. Like I, it should for, be number for one. Me this is a sit down and open presence song. Yep. Yeah. It's everything good about the holiday is what you think of when you hear the song. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And Nat King Cole is just such a such a legend on his own. Well, and that, he, yeah, it is why, those, like, yeah, the majority of this list is songs from the you know fifties, sixties, is because they actually sang <laughs> these songs. Right? right you know yeah, I mean? they, yeah, they knew what they, they were. Not, they, they knew what they're doing. And, and Nat King Cole is one of those cats that could sing the phone book, and you would be like, "That is the best yeah. rendition of the phone book I've ever heard." You know, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and that that song. Uh, the the Christmas song could be very boring in the wrong hands. It's the way he delivers that makes it so warm and inviting. You know, it's absolutely in his technique. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. I don't think this should be number two. So how about this? How about we contact Billboard? I'm comfortable with switching this with uh, uh, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. So let's put Rocking Around the Christmas yeah. Tree down at number seven and then put Most Wonderful Time of the Year at number two. I feel like that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is a song, too. It's like, yes, it is Christmassy. But this song does kind of like annoy me a little bit. <laughs> like, 
Like I know it's classic. I know people love it, but I don't. I don't think I've never heard anyone say it's their favorite song. I never hear people freak out that it, they're. Oh my god, that song's playing on the radio, and I just. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I don't think she has the best voice. Like. Yeah. It's more you of like a happy, I, joyful, just fun Christmas song. It's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, Perform. I've, ne- I've never really thought about this until you just said that. I, I would put this in the category with Feliz Navidad, where it's just there. Like, I'm not annoyed by it. Yeah. And I, I certainly don't love it. But if, let me say this if you were going to ask me to make, you know, hey, make me a Christmas Spotify playlist and it's got to be only 10 tracks, I would make probably 10 variations of that before I ever thought to include this song. You know, like it's, yeah. it's just there. I think a lot of the problem with, with, a few of these songs especially like a song like that is i more associate them with christmas movies than actually with christmas time absolutely yep yeah like, well, when i when i uh, when i think of this song i think of home alone i think of movies like that i don't think of oh let's uh let's get the stockings stuffed and get the presents under the tree right and i think a lot of the classics that we think of like from the uh 50s 60s and and maybe even the early 70s like when you get into the the motown christmas stuff uh that for me i think is nostalgic for a lot of people like you think of that like wrapping the presents and unwrapping the presents and family time and sitting around like when you think of those classics but a lot of the more uh modern songs are like you said the ones that have been used commercially a ton i think you get to a point where you're like okay this is this is more about the commercialization of the holiday than it is the holiday you know yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of the songs on this top ten just scream like commercialism to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like oh, this is a this is this is the song from the Macy's commercial. It's not you know, it's not something right, you're no, exactly. hearing on the radio. Um, before we get into what sounds like you and I both decimating number one, um, <laughs> I <laughs> I have I have a I have a couple I have three. Uh, I'll call them. Yeah, let's do some honorable mentions. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, I think I could make a case for all three of these fitting into the top 10 instead of some things that are in there. Like, for like for example, I could easily take out Felice Navidad and uh, yeah. and uh, the other that we were just talking about and then put in two of these easily. But one is um, in everybody in the world has done that. Um, uh, baby, please come home or I think it's called Christmas, baby, please come home. Yeah. Like you, uh, you too has done it. Uh, I mean, the, the Jackson, did, um, uh, B- Buble's done it. Um, I'm trying the Eagles even cut a version of it. Bon Jovi cut a version of it for crying out loud. Like, oh, I, like everyone's done that song. And that to me is, I think that's a, a more modern classic too. Like a lot of uh, contemporary artists have done that song and not been disrespected for it. You know, like like I say, like when you know, two did it, everybody wasn't like, Oh, come on, you two's doing a Christmas song. Like it was just cool that they were doing that song, you know, and it's a song that many it's I've heard R and B versions of it, I've heard straight rock of it, um uh, uh, adults. I think it's a really solid song that I, I was shocked that at least one version of it wasn't on their top ten. Yeah, I was gonna say that earlier. I was like, I'm shocked. That that's not on there. I'm shocked that a lot, of, a few songs aren't there, especially like when it does come to big artists. Like one of the most glaring misses, I think, from this list is "Blue Christmas" by Elvis. Elvis, yeah. one of the biggest artists in the history of music, 
and his amazing Christmas song doesn't make your top ten list. That is just crazy to me. Yeah, that that is I. That's another. I, I'm a huge Elvis fan, and I didn't even didn't even think about the fact that it wasn't in their top ten until you mentioned it. And yeah, that's like I'm I'm like I say I'm a huge Elvis fan, and uh, I think he. I think he way overdoes it on that song, but it's it's a, it's a classic. Like everyone knows that version of it. Like there's people that probably don't even know anyone else did it, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And everybody knows that that is Elvis. Like when you hear that song, no one's like, Oh, who's singing this? Like everyone knows it's Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude. If, if, in in the best way possible, uh, because he way overdid it, then yes, everyone knows exactly who that is. As soon as that starts, man, you're like, yep, that's Elvis. Holy cow. Um, this, the next one for me, it's, it, you might just be like, no, you're just saying that because you're, it's, you're from uh, Detroit and it's a Motown thing. But, uh, and this is another one that you hear in a lot of movies. Um, but I, again, for me, it just sounds like Christmas is uh, the Ronettes version of Sleigh Ride. Um, oh, yeah. The Phil Spector produced one like and it's in a ton of movies, but I'm just I'm surprised like that to me is, you know, you just again, that's that's one where, again, if I was in retail and I'm about to lose my mind on somebody, if I heard that, I'd be like, OK, it's going to be OK, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's and not many pro- a beating of customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is ironic coming from Phil Spector. Um, <laughs> well, you know, uh, and so the last one that I have, and I'm even going to sneak this in as a, as like an honorable, honorable mention, because I, I don't think a lot of people would agree with me on this, but um, the, the John and Yoko song, uh, uh, Happy uh, Christmas yeah, War is Happy Over. Happy Christmas, yeah. Yeah. And I just, that's another one that I like, it's been commercialized through no fault of, john's because he hasn't been here to stop it you know but uh that's another one that just when you hear it it's just that it means it's the holidays you know and and that's another one like you said with um uh with um the rocking around the christmas tree as soon as you hear john say those first two words you know the melody that's coming after it in the whole song and people have covered that and i don't think anyone has covered it successfully nope trying to think (laughs) trying to think of who Somebody covered it. It was like Tool or Stone Sour or something like that. I can't remember who it was. And I'm like, man, this is really, really depressing. That's what I need at the Christmas time. <laughs> There's a, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm a huge, uh, my whole life, ever since I was a kid, I was a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. Uh, my parents got me into them. And, you know, God bless my, my good friends. But man, when Disturbed covered Sound of Silence, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, everybody you know was getting at me going on about how great that cover was and i've never been more polite in my life i was like mm, yeah that's good i'm happy for you that's good like you know like that terrible 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 cover of that song and uh i i hear what you're saying like who even knows is disturbed seether one one of those bands yeah, uh like yeah. tool or stone sour <laughs> any of those interchangeable bands probably did this and it's I, I without even knowing exactly which band you're talking about i could probably pick up an acoustic guitar and do like what i think their version sounds like and you would have been like yep that's how it, that's what it sounded like you know <laughs> i have i have but yeah one that's the, that that's I the think... three i had do you agree or disagree with those like do you think that they should be 10 or stay in the honorable mentions part what do, what do you think about those three no, yeah, I would I would put all of them in the top 
10. I would I would definitely the only one I think may not enter the top 10 would be the the Happy Christmas just because it is mm-hmm. so politically driven <laughs> that it kind yeah, right. yeah, of if you actually like listen to the lyrics you're like hmm this is, this isn't very like, happy. <laughs> Just yep. like um, yeah. so, what is it? Uh, the uh, what was that song? What was that song where they all like it was everybody was doing it, but it was like oh, there's no snow in Africa. It was like one of those Live Aid type of things. Oh, uh, do they know it's Christmas? Yeah, I can't. I don't like that song. It's just like yeah. I get it. Like it's the an important that, message, uh, but maybe let's not put it on Christmas. <laughs> Right. There's that one line by Bono in that song where he couldn't over deliver it more than he does, which is like the, while you're thinking about all these terrible things, that line ends with um, uh, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And it's like, holy crap, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't really like, need a guilt trip. <laughs> yeah, especially coming from um, Bono, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I would say one that's off this list that I think should be number one, let alone the fact that it's not on this list is have yourself a merry little Christmas by Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Yep. And that's another one that a million people have covered, but like, come on, Frank, Frank's the one. Yeah. Sinatra is King. You can't, you can't outdo that. And that is the pinnacle of sit down with your family and open gifts. Everything is fine song like that that is the wrap up in the movie where everybody is happy and fun yeah you know everyone's smiling at each other we're going over to my mother-in-law's house uh thursday for our like uh typical exactly that the everyone's happy sit around open presents and enjoy each other's company thing i kid you not i may put uh Nick and Cole and uh frank sinatra just those two tracks and put them on repeat for for the whole night put them on repeat yeah Maybe some yep, uh, yep, fireplace sound effects in the back. <laughs> there was a couple of years right. ago I put um, I put the Darth Vader Yule log on uh, the TV in the living room <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. no one noticed it for like three or four hours. And then somebody was like, is that Darth Vader burning? <laughs> I was like, yeah, he's been on fire for like three hours and no one noticed. That's awesome. <laughs> I got to do that. <laughs> I just saw the other night. There's a right, uh, so, Ozzy. Uh, there's an Ozzy Yule log on uh, YouTube now as well that plays like a bunch of Ozzy music. Oh, really? Uh, well, yeah, I, I just yeah, stumbled across it on accident <laughs> the other day. All right, so shall we rip apart this final one? It's yeah, be brutal. So, I mean, well, I mean, we didn't need to actually say it, but I'm sure everyone knows the number one is all you want. All all I want for Christmas is you by Mariah Carey, and I, I want to start by saying I don't hate this. And I don't dislike Mariah Carey, but I do not understand where, like, how is, like you said, how is Frank Sinatra not even making an appearance on this list? How does Elvis Presley not even make an appearance on this, on this list? Yet Mariah is at number one. I, that that's my first. Yeah, complaint. well, I mean, Frank Sinatra, the the majority of the Rat Pack had huge Christmas songs. But yeah, yeah, everybody, uh, everybody this song Peter is Lawford. good. this song is good yeah and it is a you know it is one of the last great originals and it's it is crazy to watch how over about almost a 30-year period people have gone from adoring this song to viciously hating this fucking song (laughs) there was like uh 
Because as you know, with with social media, like all these fans go into uh, full action for everybody now. You know, like uh, if you look at what happens with like uh, Korean pop, like the way they they even got involved in the U.S. election for the the, uh, Korean pop fans. Right. But there was like about five years ago, there was this group of Mariah Carey fans who did this like groundswell to get all I want for Christmas is you did number one again in December, because at the time it would have been the first time since like uh, the year it came out that it was number one and they did it and they were all happy. And then they all turned on each other. Like when it started happening every year, like they all hate each other now because they got to hear it so much every year. And it's hilarious to me. Like, I'm just like, like, Oh, careful what you wish for Mariah Carey fans. Well, that is the problem. It has become like everyone's hatred from this for the most part is oversaturation. Like it is just so overplayed. And also I think a big part of it is that people have just jumped on board that it's, this is the thing to do is to hate this song. Uh, yeah. It's like mm. fucking, you know, Nickelback went from the biggest band in the world to fucking everybody thinks Nickelback is shit. And it's like, no, that yeah. was just like an online thing. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. But- you know what I always say about that whenever we bring up, cause truly the only band in my life I've ever truly hated is Creed. I just, I, man, I just hate them so much. And when Nickelback comes up, people are always like, oh, I bet you hate Nickelback, too. And I'm like, nope. Like, you know, Nickelback was never creed about it. Like, they never went about trying to act like they were a bigger deal than they were, which is what offends the living hell out of me for most of Creed. And whenever Nickelback comes up on the show, I always point out what you said. Like, you know, you hear online all the time about how terrible Nickelback is. Well, then who's buying all these tickets at these sold out tours that they keep doing? You know, well, and their, like, their last huge album had 13 tracks on them. And 12 of them were hit songs. Yeah. Yep. Like inside of the bullet was the only song on that entire album that wasn't on the radio. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you know, if you go online, you would think they're the worst band in the history of the world. Well then who's buying all these singles? Who's playing all this? uh, Who's giving all these plays on Spotify, you know? Yeah. Also who gives a shit? Cause they're crying themselves to sleep, fucking wiping their tears away with hundred dollar bills. Like they don't give oh, a yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Chad Kroger, the way he got to sleep last night was uh, losing count too many times of his $100 yeah. bills. And then he finally yeah. just fell asleep. Yeah. And so. it's the same with Mar- Mariah Carey, like 40% of her fucking wealth probably came from this one song. Oh yeah. Like, and then you, you think figure- she gives a shit that people hate it. Yeah, no. I figure every every January, February, March, Mariah Carey must put on like a new uh, uh, extension to her house, like when the uh, November and December <laughs> the residuals come right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but uh, I don't. My thing against it, I'm not even anywhere near. I think we're on the same level. Like neither of us are any sort of like bandwagon. Oh, let's hate this just to hate it. I don't even hate it by any means. It's just I do not. On what planet is it number one? Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I. I think if we're just going based off original songs, I think "Where Are You Christmas" by Faith Hill is a much better song. Yeah. Than this song. Yeah, yeah. That that is a really good song too. That is that. That's one I bet most people don't ever even think of that song really anymore, and they should. Um, That's. I I I think that was the last original Christmas song to really come out yeah and that's was that in uh the grinch that was in the grinch yeah the jim okay. carrey grinch um i'm never quite sure i only saw i only saw the grinch i saw it in the theater and then i saw it like i probably when it came out on blu-ray or dvd at the time and uh 
I, I don't hate it. I just never had multiple listings. So I, I'm always like, I can't remember if that Faith Hill song is from that or if I'm making that up. <laughs> yeah, I think that song's the best part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't even hate that probably. movie, but I think that song's amazing. And then, and then a whole lot of people like, um, I haven't listened much to them, but the, there's a band, The Pretty Reckless, that the uh, girl that yeah. was Cindy Lou Who in that movie. Grew yeah, up she and was she's Cindy the, Lou in that. Yeah, yeah, and she's the lead singer of this band now, and people like that. So maybe that's the second best thing to come out of that. <laughs> it is true. She's her, very attractive now. <laughs> yeah, her growing up and uh, becoming a rock star. But yeah, I just Her don't... growing up, becoming a rock star and barely wearing any clothes anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think, would you, would you agree that this, that Mariah Carey song should be in the top 10? So just not number one. Yeah. I mean, it kind of has to be, it was so popular. It's like when it came mm -hmm. out, I, I think it was played more when it first came out than it is now. Cause it was fucking, it, that blew up. It's, de it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely a good song. Mm -hmm. And I would say as far as like the cheery, like it's like a cheery fun song for christmas mm -hmm. as far as yeah, that yeah, it's probably sure. one of the best ones but i don't think it yeah it doesn't belong at number one i'd i'd if it was at 10 i'd be like okay <laughs> yeah yeah like i just snuck in the door all right you know that's cool but and like you said about <laughs> it being it being huge when it came out i mean that was arguably the end of her original golden run like from her first record at least through that christmas record if no mariah carey could have put out you know, uh, 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 you know, rap song in Spanish or, or whatever, any different type of thing, anything she did in that era was going to go huge. And then yeah. Christmas music, there's a reason why every big artist you've ever heard of has put out a Christmas record, you know, cause like it's an automatic sale, you know, yeah, and, but cool. for her to come, come swinging with an original that, that, that was that good. And what's funny is no one thinks of any of the rest of her renditions as any sort of classics either. Like on the rest of her, that record, she does a lot of the ones that we've talked about and no one ever yeah. talks about any of those versions like they're <laughs> yeah people forget know, like she had a christmas album <laughs> they just right? think she put out yeah. a christmas song <laughs> yeah they just think it's like, that no, one she had song yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um well it's just like this song is right up there with like in sync putting out merry christmas happy holidays mm. like that's that's a poppy fun holiday song it is it's not in the top 10 yeah 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 and uh the mariah carey thing i think maybe too has to do with her uh fans getting older now like you know they're the fans her fans are at the age now that when i was a kid fans of john lennon were at that age and that's why they pushed you know uh happy christmas up so much and it's probably the same thing with this now i think if we were to look at this again in another 10 years we'd really know where that song's gonna stand in the history of christmas you know what i mean well, like, like this I, song I, is what like disney does with its movies this song is like targeted to hit as many demographics as possible oh yeah like, absolutely age, age race gender everything like this i think this is why it's at a lot of people's number ones is because it's like this is the most neutral anyone in the world could love this song. <laughs> like, and and <laughs> yep. she was such like a lovable figure for a while before mm -hmm. she lost her fucking mind mm -hmm. that they were like, everybody was jumping on the Mariah Carey bandwagon. Yep. Yeah. It's, when you say she lost her mind, I always tell people this story. So do you remember, I think it was like three or four years where she like hit 
the bottom of rock bottom, like on the New Year's Rock and Eve thing where she like just wasn't even coherent yeah. and, and whatever. Okay. So I was in Las Vegas for work um, over, I was there from Christmas Eve until uh, like the week and a half after uh, New Year's. And so I had had a really long work day and like everybody I knew was like, oh my God, you're in Las Vegas for, you know, New Year's Eve. Oh, you're going to have a wild night. And I was in bed by like eight o'clock. Like I literally like shut the, uh, <laughs> the, the blackout curtains in my bed. I was just working and I was exhausted. And so I went to bed way early uh, in, you know, in, in Pacific time. And so I was up way early on Sunday and I left the hotel and started to like do some things for work and whatever. And like every radio station I turned on was like, Oh, and uh, Mariah Carey ended her whole existence last night or whatever. And I was like, you know, after hearing it reported two or three times, I was like, Oh, there's no way it could be that bad. So I got to the uh, store that I was going to and I stopped and brought it up on YouTube. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is every bit as bad as all the reports were saying, Holy crap. You know? Like, yeah. But she's had like a I was big doing the same thing. Here. I was, yeah, kind of. Uh, she's just yeah. around. Like now, she's just kind of famous for being famous. Mm -hmm. Like she's not even famous for being a fucking musician anymore. <laughs> like so weird. Yeah. Yeah, and but uh, that I think was like the bottom of rock bottom for her. You know, was that the yeah. New Year's Eve thing? But yeah, she. Um, yeah, I just don't, I can't get with this song being number one. I top 10 for sure. Uh, maybe even top five, but again, we'd have to shuffle some things around to talk about again, why Frank Sinatra and Elvis are missing, you know, before we worry about where she's yeah. going to go. <laughs> well, what is your favorite Christmas song? Jeez. Uh, probably Jingle Bell Rock, honestly. Uh, like I'm a big yeah. guitar guy and uh, I love the production on it. The sound of that guitar is amazing. Um you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an upbeat, happy, positive Christmas song uh, without being overly sugary, you know, and, and having you be like, yeah. Oh, this song, you know, like, so honestly, that would probably be either that or Nat King Cole uh, in the, uh, the, Christ yeah. the Christmas song. Yeah. There is, there is just something about that, like generation of Christmas music from 50, 60, 70, early seventies where yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just the singers that we were getting or just like how much better. I don't know. I don't know. It is weird because it's like I can't say the music industry was treated better. I mean, it was probably more respected and people respected themselves more. You know, they're wearing suits in the studios and shit. Exactly. So, you know, and again, to air some of Motown's dirty laundry, you know, I mean, everyone knows how completely terrible the artists were treated from a monetary standpoint at Motown, but they took a ton of pride in what they do. Like you were not even allowed near studio a unless you went through finishing classes and like really learned how to present yourself on and off stage. So a lot of artists really took pride in what they did, even though like now we know, you know, behind the curtain as far as like how Barry Gordy did business with his, with his artists. Um, yeah. <laughs> but everything that was happening in front of the cameras and in public, you know, those people really cared about what they did. And another thing too, I think in hand in hand with that, the state of the music industry then as opposed to now is uh, I don't think anything back then was done blatantly commercially. Like I don't envision Nat King yeah. Cole saying like, I'm going to put up this Christmas record and sell a million copies of this. And I think that genuine factor is what carries things 
forward. Like, for example, the uh, baby, please come home Christmas. The reason why you can't think of a definitive version of that is because everyone's cashed in on that. Like everyone that's done it has done it just to cash in on the Christmas season. And I think a lot of those classics are like that, where there's that genuine factor to it carries it through the ages. Yeah, they were made. They were made for the music. And a lot of these other songs were made to be like. Well, well, you know, Sears is going to run this in their commercial, and then we are going to go big time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yep, you know, like a, or a store is going to pick this up, or it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to get played, you know, during the the commercial breaks of the fucking NBA, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the, the music was made from to to be music and to be enjoyed. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we talk about that a lot down here when we're spinning records about where, like earlier I was talking about George Michael Faith. Like, I think when George Michael was making that record, it was um, very honest effort. But at the same time, I think when you finish that album and you listen to that front to back for the first time, like if you're George Michael sitting in the studio, as soon as you hear that completed album, the first thing that's got across your mind is everybody go buy cars. You know what I mean? Like every like everyone <laughs> go buy cars right now because we're about to release this magnificent thing on the world you know uh and i feel like there's a i think if you come at it with the okay i'm gonna write something so everybody can go buy cars that's when you lose it you know i think after you're done and you go holy shit this is really good and we're we're gonna move a lot of units with this like i think that's where the difference is and like you said any artist that's cut a christmas thing in the last 10 years has been like uh yeah i'll do that but let's see if we can get it in an apple commercial or you know, whatever, like that, that, that's the end game. Well, I feel like George Michael sings about that too in, in, uh, freedom. Cause he, ta- mm-hmm. he just kind of, he, he talks to like all these MTV people were just kind of like forcing me to do this and mm-hmm. do that. And this will be great for your career and all this shit. And it's just not who I am. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like throw on your yeah. leather jacket and slap on your tight jeans. The girls would love you, even though everyone knows you're gay. Like, <laughs> Like we're, yeah, yeah. we're still going to yep. pu- push you like you're this sex, sex idol. That was the, one of the first songs I heard when I was a kid where I was like, like, wow. Like, I mean, the reason George Michael got away with that on freedom is because when you're writing songs that good, you can bite the hand. You know what I mean? Cause like yeah. at the time, yeah. uh, MTV and the record labels were absolutely in control of your destiny and you had no other outlet otherwise. And we'd put out a song and a video completely trashing both the record companies and MTV. Yeah. <laughs> but the song was so good. The, re- the song was so damn good that the record labels were like, all right, well, we'll just, you know, we'll take this one. <laughs> you know, Cause we're going to, we're going to yeah. laugh all the yeah. way to the bank anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Didn't stop MTV playing the fucking video. <laughs> yeah. It was on all of the time. Yeah. I love George Michael. Like the fact that he never became the lead singer of Queen has always been one of the like most disappointing things to me. Yeah, that uh, the Freddie Mercury tribute concert had about three or four real solid highlights for me. And his uh, the duet he did with Lisa Stansfield um, on uh, Those Are the Days of Our Lives is just it's one of the highlights from that day that was just amazing. There really wasn't any bad performances. Uh, I can think of, but I, there's like two yeah. or three things from that day that are just amazing. And George Michael uh, fronting Queen, I forget what he did a song on his own, and, and I'm going to feel dumb when I remember what it was. Yeah, he, he did, did a song somebody to love. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. He did yeah, a killer version of somebody to love. Yeah, and it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. everyone around the world at that moment was like, "Well, he's the new lead singer at Queen." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then it just never, never played out. It was so weird. Yeah, it, yeah. That's a that's a bummer. And then uh, George Michael. It's funny. I was just thinking to myself, like, "Wow, we really got to talking about George Michael." But he uh, passed away on Christmas. Uh, I yeah. remember it was on my way to my uh, wife's, my in-laws thing on Christmas day. And we heard right before we got in the car, my wife knows that anytime a musician passes, especially one that I love a lot, it really hits me harder than most people. And I don't care who doesn't like it. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, like, Oh, you never met these people or, you know, they, they were just musicians or well, means a whole hell of a lot more to me, you know? So, uh, I was really, 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 uh, bothered by that, but yeah, I didn't even uh, think about that when we started talking about him that he, and I wanted, he passed away, I want to say three or four years ago. Uh, but it was on, it was on Christmas. Yeah, I, think it was, I think it was this the year. I think it was 27. It was, no, I think it was 2016. Yeah. It, it, it sounds about right. It I know Prince right. died in 2016, so it might've been very well might have been the same year but anyways it's ironic that we're talking about this christmas list and he ended up passing away on christmas <laughs> yeah that's a way to end our christmas conversation <laughs> yeah hey everybody not only did jesus die or, or not only was jesus born on christmas but guess who died yeah <laughs> this beautiful man passed away i'll tell you All what right. man i'll tell you, you know what that's my takeaway from this if anybody's listening to this and they're like i can't believe he likes the album face so much listen to that album again that album yeah. is killer, killer. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not a bad song George on Michael's. that record. Yeah, George Michael's awesome. I, when, I was a, when, when I was a kid, I bought on the same day, I bought, uh, like when they were new releases, I bought uh, George Michael Faith and Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction, like yeah. uh, together on the same day. And the guy at the record store was like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like I want, I absolutely want to or to own both of these albums right now. But I'm the same guy that about a year ago I went to the record store and bought a a, a Pantera live album and a, and a Lionel Richie solo album. And the guy at the counter thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And he was like, oh my god, like I can't believe you're listening to Pantera and Lionel Richie. I was like, hell yeah, yeah. And that's that's exactly what this show is all about. It is like a celebration of the fact that like our fucking day has come <laughs> like when we were kids, <laughs> like you couldn't do any of this shit. Like all of this was, yep. you have to pick one or you can't like any of this or you're a fucking loser or nerd or a weirdo or whatever. And now everything we love is the biggest shit in the fucking world. <laughs> and it's awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which is just wonderful. So yeah I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's funny. Almost, almost every, like I listen to a ton of different music, obviously. Um, but I have three or four that are like, you know, my all time favorite artists. And uh, with each one of those artists, I've gone through at least five, maybe 10 years of like, it wasn't cool to like them. And, you know, and nobody else uh, understood why I, I, you know, Oh, you still listen to them, you know? And like every one of them has come back around, in a big way now and i'm always like yeah like uh, for example there's uh two or three friends of mine who my whole life have never understood why i like pink floyd at all and especially like in the early 2000s pink floyd was like really out of favor and like a lot of people weren't even really talking about them and both of those friends over the past like three years have dove like head head first into the pink floyd pool and they will text me about stuff like oh i was listening to the album wish you were here man this part from this song that goes you know whatever oh my it's amazing and i'm always like mm-hmm, 
yep, I've been trying to tell you that for yeah, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always love those people where it's like, oh, have you have you watched this show? It's so great and this and that and this. And I'm like, oh, you mean that thing that everybody loved like seven fucking years ago? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like people Imagine now who are getting like, it, but yeah. Have you seen this Breaking Bad? Like it is intense. It oh. is a good show. It's like yeah, everybody's seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, I, I that's funny that you mentioned that. Just, I can't remember who, but just recently, a friend of mine's uh, aunt or somebody was along. It said almost exactly that. Like, have you seen the Breaking Bad? <laughs> yep, I have seen the Breaking Bad. Yep, as a matter of fact, I have. All right, this was super fun. Yeah, hell yeah, man, this is a great time. It's it's funny because. Christmas music, I think, can be super divisive, um, but I was, I, I think it's cool that we both had honorable mentions uh, of our own, you know, that both of us were like, oh, hell yeah, like that should be included, you know, it wasn't like the same stuff, and uh, I think we both Christmas music from the same way, I think for a lot of people, it's just background stuff, but like, it can be so emotive, and like, help you yeah. get in a good mood, um, and, and, you know, I think, I think for many, many people, Christmas music is background at the most probably the people who made mariah carey number one are probably probably leading that charge um but yeah this has been a great talk man i appreciate you having me on oh no problem i love it we've been trying to do this for a while we were supposed to do a halloween episode that just never happened too so yeah it's a long time coming. yeah well luck, luckily there's a luckily there's a holiday every couple of months so we can just you know <laughs> work in well i want to have you on we do, uh, i want to have you back on sometime to do uh talk about best movie scores or soundtracks yeah for sure for sure soundtracks man like score i'm so simple when it comes to scores uh like i my my top five scores would probably be uh like uh, a remedial class in scores <laughs> you know what i mean like uh like <laughs> oh really you like uh tim burton's ba- uh, or uh, um uh, yeah. uh, uh well, i can't think of his name uh the, not tim burton but uh danny elfman uh danny elfman's score for batman 89 it's like oh really everyone likes that you know but soundtracks man uh the actual there used to be a time where soundtracks were where instead of your throwaway song you put what you wanted your next big hit single to be on a soundtrack and they've yeah. the sound, soundtracks have all but died really now because that's all people do now is throw yeah pretty much uh throw but yeah, but yeah, well, I will, I will be, you could shake me awake in the middle of the night and ask me to come on to talk about that. And I would be like, yep. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll definitely do that soon. Yeah. Why don't you give all, give all your plugs, let everyone know where they can find you. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So again, uh, the infectious group podcast, I have myself and two other hosts on there and we, uh, the three of us bring pretty much every type of genre and, and an opinion to the table uh, every week. So the easiest way for anybody to find anything to do with the show is to go to infectiousgrouppodcast.com. And then over on the right side of the page, it's got a link to pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, you can click on the link and it'll take you right to your thing and you can subscribe. And then the thing I'm pushing right now is really trying to get more people to view our YouTube page. So if you just go to YouTube and type in infectious groove podcast, it'll come up with the page and then you hit subscribe on that a new video every Thursday. And like I say, I want it to be in addition to the show. So if you watch the YouTube channel, you're not just seeing us talk about what you heard on the show. And if you listen to the show, you know, you don't have to skip the YouTube channel uh, because it's completely different content between the two of them. So, um, uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, 
or Instagram and Facebook are just infectious groove pod. And then Twitter is the weird one. It's infectious underscore pod, but pretty much if you go to uh, Google and you're looking for us at all, all you have to do is uh, Google infectious groove podcast and you will find us on whatever platform it is you're looking for. And we have a new episode every Monday. We have a whole backlog of uh, great episodes now that we've been at it almost a year. And uh, so if there's any topic that you like, if you're listening to this and you like music, just go back through our back catalog and look for a topic that you like, or maybe an artist we've interviewed that you like and uh, give us, give us a shot. See what you think. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. This, like I said, this is this is an awesome time. I can't wait to do yeah, it. Yeah, right on, brother. Yeah, more than happy to come on, and we'll have to have you on sometime. I got it. We're actually we have a couple more weeks, and then we're taking a two week break. Um, and then we're, uh, on the week that's going to be our one year anniversary uh, for having done the show, we're going to do like a like a one year celebration episode. But then I haven't planned out. And he's in three just yet. So, uh, you know, we'll have to, <laughs> have to figure out a, a topic that you want to come on and maybe uh, talk with us on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem, brother. <laughs>